Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. your favorite, the Wes and Walker show, back for a couple of days, then off for New Year's Day, and then we're right back at you again, in it for the long haul. After that, on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, keep those texts coming on the Charlotte Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610. We are excited to be back, loving to see the text line good and lively with some welcoming messages, and then those of you that love to troll doing what you do best. What you got over there, Walker? Oh, I don't have anything. Oh. I was just going to say that Brock Purdy, lots of uh, hater texts for Brock and for your conversations there. Also, UNC. Like, the haters are out, whether it be going against your San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> got some Bryce haterade text, despite him having his best performance. And now, as we tease with the North Carolina comment, how it was, what, like 75, 25, 80, 20 West Virginia fans showing up here. Yeah. Now we got some North Carolina haters on the text line, which I'm sure... You're at least a little bit of a fan of. Well, you know, coming into the game yesterday, I knew they had opt-outs at key positions, so I don't know what I expected. You know, I was just like, hey, you know, get to see some of the future kids that are going to be playing for these guys, uh, especially West Virginia. You know, they had their pretty good quarterback, Garrett Green, was out there playing in that game. So, uh, you know, the outcome wasn't completely surprising. So let's get into it. Time for the campus corner. Last one of 2023, folks. And so we talk about Carolina playing yesterday in this football game. Let's get straight to that one. Connor Harrell completed 18 of 27 passes, 199 yards. Two interceptions, though, constantly under pressure all day long. I think Fiddy could have got out there and got a sack on his Tar Heels the way mm-hmm. that they were blocking. As I said, Garrett Green for West Virginia had 228 yards through the air, 64 on the ground. West Virginia had 392 yards of offense, but it was the first time that the Tar Heels were held scoreless in a half since the second half of the 2022 ACC championship game. And that was also the last time that the Tar Heels were held to less than 20 points. I mean, West Virginia got after seven sacks on the day. They held Omari and Hampton to 62 yards. Uh, Powell Echoes, though, on a positive note, in his homecoming, uh, had 10 tackles for the football game. And, I mean, at one point, this was a North Carolina program that was ranked one spot ahead of Alabama in the AP Top 25, but a 2-5 and five finish. You had some Carolina fans, man. Saw Josh Graham and some others really getting at North Carolina football fans that are thumbing their nose at an eight-win season, not very happy about it. So, Fiddy, I'll start with you first. Uh, what are your thoughts on Carolina's season, their performance yesterday? And are you, sir, thumbing your nose at eight wins in Chapel Hill? Only because you got the number two pick playing quarterback. Is that a reason to be upset um, because you, you wasted a generational talent? But I mean, I, I feel like the fan base has to come to a realization like this is who we are. This is what we do. We go eight and four, eight and five, year in, year out, even when we have great players and we have great talent. 
You'll have the outlier 11-1 year under Larry Fedora. You'll have the outlier year under Mac Brown where you got, uh, I think, number three in the country in the AP poll at one point. But outside of that, like, this is who you are. This is this is in your DNA. And, you know, I wasn't upset at the result last night because I saw things from Connor Harrell that makes me believe he could be a good quarterback. I saw things from, you know, Amari Campbell that could be a good linebacker beside Power Eccles next year. And that's what the bowl game is about. You shouldn't care about the result. It's about getting to see the next group of guys go in there and play. And I think you saw enough to be excited that this program can be competitive next year. Moving on from Drake May. You are right in that North Carolina is an eight-win football team because that's what they've been the last few games and last few years. And every fan base, every program is going to undergo an outlier type season. That happens with every single college football program that there is. I understand why fans are upset, though. Wes, this team started 6-0. and mm-hmm. With Drake May at QB, the defense having played better to that point, all you needed them to do was be an average unit. Rather than the bar being on the floor last year, all you had to do was even be, what, ranked 100th in the country to be better than what they were last year? If you could get them to a competent level, then this was a team that had a real shot to go back to the ACC championship. But think about how the stars looked like they were going to align for you at the end. This was an ACC conference that seemed like it was ripe for the picking. Clemson, another down season. Florida State, I would have loved to have seen what that healthy you know, North Florida State team would have looked like against North Carolina, even though I think the Seminoles win. But I would have liked to have seen that at least. But the defense falls off a cliff in the second half of the year. Drake May has bad performances against two of the top defensive units when they don't even show up against NC State. That game was over as soon as the ball was up in the air. Like, I can understand why the Carolina fan base is checked out. Because if you go to NC State... Whether Mac Brown tells us beating Duke is the most important they, thing they do or not, fan base here, the Carolina fan base, I think would rather beat NC State in football than even Duke. I think that's true of the football team. Not basketball, but of football, I think that's true. So if you get squashed immediately and you lose close games, you lose blowouts against your rival, you have an awful collapse two years in a row, the second half of the season. I do think it's okay for North Carolina to want more if you set yourself up for success in the first half of the season. If you come into each year thinking, oh, well, I, I want an ACC championship. If it's not that, then screw the football team. That's a little lofty. But as everything does, things can adapt, things can change. And when you go 6-0, and Wes, and you got three next games against who Campbell is in there, Virginia at that point. I forget who the other team was in that three-game sample. Georgia Tech. There you go. You lose to two of them. The only school you beat was a school that's not even in a Power 5 conference. It's okay to be upset two years in a row with that guy at QB who might go number one overall, maybe number two or three, and then fall off a cliff like that. My, my whole point is, yeah, it's okay for them to be upset. Well, the thing for me, and I keep trying to tell folks, and I know folks in the know know, but listen, man, it doesn't matter if you have a guy the caliber of Drake May, how great he is. When you're 64th in the nation in sacks, and then you're 108th in sacks allowed, 
you're not going to win anymore. It, it, Drake May should get an award for winning the games that he did win and the fact that they didn't play any defenses that could have really exploited those things. Until the North Carolina program gets on par up front with Florida State and Clemson, they're never going to compete for championships consistently. You might have a year like you did with Marquise Williams and the crew where they're able to get up in there, win 11 games, get the job done. But they're not good enough up front on either side of the ball to really be able to compete with the Clemsons and the FSUs and even this year the Louisvilles. But Lord knows we're going to talk about that. But the Carolinas got to get better up front on both sides of the ball. They haven't had a menacing defensive line in God knows when. And that's what I think is holding them back from really going to the next level. Well, and the other thing, too, like Fiddy's not wrong in saying that it's in their DNA. Why does that mean I shouldn't be upset about it, though? We've seen teams overcome a bad reputation and get to a point where they're actually respected. Hey, let's look at the Blue Devils. Let's look at the team that is only eight miles away and see when they would lose and lose and lose and they weren't even thought of as having a football team in the first place and let alone being a good one. But what happens? Dave Cutcliffe comes over as a good hire and rebuilds that program from the ground up and here they are respectable. Here's a guy that also at the end of his tenure there wasn't working out. They move on. They have another good hire in Mike Elko. And now, okay, we're talking about two coaches that have had successful seasons in Durham. And what happened? The DNA changed with that football program. Like if you're North Carolina, it's okay to want more. You're right. You shouldn't expect more because that's probably just going to set yourself up for failure going in. But it's okay to want it. And especially when you get set up as a 6-0 and record the first half of that season. Remember the second half collapsed last year. It, it's, it's just the mirage that is good Carolina football. Like, I, I don't want it to be a part of the DNA if I'm a Carolina fan. And we've seen teams get over that before. Why can't it be North Carolina? Well, it's because, like, why can't it be them with Drake May and for them to continue to go back down to what they've always been? Yeah, I can understand why fans are so disappointed every single year. Yeah, you got to go find those war daddies, though, man, and then things will change. All right, so Florida State Seminoles still at it, and they've been taking a lot of heat, though. 20 opt-outs for the bowl game against Georgia. Jared Verse not playing. Trey Benson's not playing. Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, all of these guys aren't playing. Not all these guys are going to be first-round picks, which is another thing that, that trips me out about this whole situation. But I agree with a lot of the folks out there who have been talking about how Florida State, you talked about how you how bad you felt about being left out of the playoffs and and things of that nature. But to me, it doesn't speak highly of this program that when you do have the chance to go out and show everybody and prove to people, hey, we're going to go out and beat the Georgia Bulldogs. If you want to go out and for people to call you partial national champions and to really recognize what you've done. And now just because by players opting out, you're telling me you don't think that you're the same team. And I get it. They're like, oh, the meaningless bowl game. And I want to get to the pros and get the money, this, that, and the third. Well, for one, like I said, most of these guys aren't going to be high picks anyway. So I think they're getting bad advice in my opinion. But for Florida State now, Tate Rotomaker is not playing. He's in the portal. The guy that you told me was capable of getting you into the playoffs and having you compete with the best teams in the country. Well, him getting into the portal just told me that you don't even think he's good enough to compete for the starting job next year. He's not getting into the portal for no reason. He's getting in there because 
Norvell and the crew are on that transfer portal trail, and they're going to bring in somebody that they perceive to be an upgrade. And then Florida State quarterback Brock Glenn said that the Seminoles should absolutely be considered national champions if they end the season as the only Power 5 team in college football. Well, I'll tell you right now, if the Georgia Bulldogs lose to Florida State with Brock Glenn manning the helm as they played against Louisville, and we saw what that offense looked like, Kirby Fi- Kirby Smart should be removed immediately Whoa. if they lose to the Seminoles. You okay? went fitty. You went full fitty right uh, Yeah, because that's not going <laughs> to happen. Him saying that, I like pie, you like pie, we all do here, but that is pie in the sky, and I'm not going up that far to get that. But what do we make of Florida State, all of the opt-outs and all of the mess that they've been talking, not to mention filing the lawsuit now against the ACC and all of that stuff going on, which is, to me, much ado about nothing. Because I talked to a couple people that work in athletic departments in the ACC and said that their case has some teeth, but not teeth enough to sink deeply and for them to get out of this thing. So what do we make of Florida State in this game? All of the opt-outs, lawsuit, is step. Well, Florida State has been getting on ACC fans' nerves for, I don't know, the better part of two years now, especially the last year and a half, when all we were doing coming into this college football season was talking about conference realignment and how Florida State desperately wanted to get out of the ACC. And here they were putting together a good season. They were undefeated at the end of the regular season, including the ACC championship. So good on them. But Florida State had fallen off quite a bit over the last decade, really, as Jimbo Fisher leaves and they win that championship. Florida State was trying to act like we belong in the same conversation as an Alabama, as a Georgia, as an Ohio State, when that wasn't the case for close to 10 years. Congratulations. You got back there this season, and so you have a little more clout. But you don't have enough, and here they are being annoying once again. What I'll tell you about the players, though, is I can understand why you have all of these opt-outs. I would not expect these guys to opt out if they were in the playoff because we have not seen that yet. High-profile guys just decide to sit out with the opportunity to compete for a championship. But also, I think if they beat Georgia, it would be very similar to what we saw with UCF winning their bowl game against Auburn when they finished the regular season undefeated. We'd move the goalposts and we wouldn't care because Georgia's going to have opt-outs too. And I think when Georgia doesn't have Brock Bowers out there, who wasn't spotted getting off of the plane when they arrived to the destination for this bowl game, when you have Amarius Mims, the right tackle, leaving the SEC championship. A couple guys that are injured, sure, but I think when you go to Florida State and evaluate whether they were legit or not, you'd go to a couple of the better players for Georgia and say, oh, well, they didn't play either. I think that Florida State is anticipating that, and also just the players want to get ready for the NFL anyway. I don't blame the players nearly as much for sitting out the way they are. I think if they won, I don't think they would get all that much more credit. Plus, if they get credit, then what does it do for them? They can hang the trophy on their mantle where, hey, fans kind of like us a little bit more now. Well, I don't necessarily care about that trophy. I don't think the players do either. So they're getting ready for the next stage of their career. I think it goes both sides because if Georgia, if they beat Georgia, even if they don't have Brock Bowers, then people could say, yeah, you know, it's Georgia. They don't really, the, the classic, they didn't care about this game, whatever, whatever. Right. But Carson Beck is playing in this game. Georgia's still super talented. There's still going to be a lot of talented players on that field. And Georgia's going to come to play, I think. And for Florida State, to me, this was a tremendous opportunity for them to get their fourth undefeated season as a program, for them to really go out and say, hey, we're going to show everybody why we should have been in the playoffs. Let's go back for this last ride. You know how I feel, though, uh, about these guys sitting out of these bowl games. I think it should be a provision to be put in. Once you sign up for the season, you have to play the season or not. Either you're going to play the entire season or you sit out. How many guys go to the L.A. Fitness Club? That's fine. 
going to the L.A. Fitness Club and work out and get ready for the doggone NFL. But I think if you're playing, you should play in these games. All these superstars over the course of history that have played in their final game and been just fine and still been NFL draft picks and high draft picks, but people want to point to one or two guys and be like, oh, they, they stand a chance to get hurt and lose their careers. Come on, man. We rarely see that happen. All these great players that have played in these games, nothing's happened to them, I, so I'm not feeling No, I hear you. I know that if I was a fan and I lost out on Drake May as a Carolina fan and instead we had to roll with Connor Harrell because Mac Brown had a provision that you had to play the bowl game and Drake said, no, I'm going to go to one of these other schools that doesn't have that provision and now you don't even have an eight-win team. Yeah, I think it should be across to. the board. Well, I don't know if that would, but right. If, if it wasn't, like if yeah. this was just individual schools putting yeah. this in place, yeah. Those coaches would be fired immediately. You think so? I I think so. Like, especially if it led to losing some of these. Now, maybe not Lincoln Riley, because it doesn't matter who you put in at QB. They're just going to set <laughs> records. Yeah, really quick, though, uh, talking about that game, man. I thought that was an embarrassing loss for the ACC to come out and get smashed like that, especially getting held in check uh, offensively. Only 361 total yards. One of the worst defenses in college football. Miller Moss came out, six touchdowns, 372 yards. I was embarrassed for the ACC, <laughs> so to be crazy. frank. The, the perceived second-best team in the conference this year to get smacked like that by Southern Cal is completely unacceptable. And uh, the jury's out to me now with, with Brian Brom and the crew, the way they finished this season. Uh, they look like a lot of fool's gold as to how they showed up in these last two games. Well, it, I saw somebody tweet this out, and it's exactly the thought I had. It, quarterback's just never going to be a problem with Lincoln Riley. And that's the most important position you have to get right. And so when we talk about Lincoln Riley and his job security, you could go seven and five, eight and five at the end of the bowl season, and you could be disappointed at USC. That might get you fired. I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, but you're always going to be interested in Lincoln Riley as a head coach. I know I would be for any program outside of Alabama, Georgia, some of the other schools that I mentioned. Like, that's somebody that's always going to have a stud at the most important position in sports. He just might fool around and win the Heisman. And so that's going to get that guy a job borderline anywhere he wants to, if yeah. not all but like two or three schools. Yeah, it is. But he coaches a soft brand of I football. Hear you. He that's does. Why teams can never he does. play defense or run the ball that great.